0: Been looking forward to this podcast for a long time. Welcome to Century Insurance's next podcast. Have a friend of mine, Jeremy Statler, with us here today and just been uh, interested in hearing from Jeremy about his family business that he's involved in and a little bit of background about it. I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself, Jeremy. Yeah. Uh,
1: Thanks, Gary. I'm Jeremy Statler. I own and run Statler Construction Incorporated. We're a residential construction business. Uh, our office is about four and a half miles south of Kelowna, and I've been doing this. I joined my dad in 1997, so I've been uh, going on 23 years now that I've been working in the construction field. So, Excellent. A little bit, you kind of led into it a little bit, and the first
0: question I had was, just to ask you to tell us a little bit about your family. So if you would maybe go back, and uh, we can kind of break it down if you want, but talk about your dad a little bit. Uh, One reason this means so much to me, I lost my father at a younger age, and I know you lost your dad early as well. Mm -hmm. And so the impact that has sometimes on how we function in life, or just how we, you know, your business transitioned probably a little differently that way. Mm -hmm. So if you can give me a little history on how Statler Construction started, maybe, and then yeah. Your family?
1: Yeah, my uh <clears throat> growing up my dad was a hard worker and he was always looking for an extra way to make, make a living. And my mom was able to stay home with us for, for a big part. He always had a full time job plus. He mm-hmm. farmed a little bit. Um he worked he was a managed the meat department at IV for many years. He ended up buying um Boyd's sausage company in Washington and when I was in junior high and but he was always doing, looking for ways to supplement, basically. And uh, when he had Boyd's, it's kind of a seasonal jobs, meaning wintertime, deer processing, Christmas was really busy, the summer was slower. And so he kind of got into construction during that time, um, selling and building buildings and then eventually into homes as well, just kind of as a sideline that ended up growing into a, a, a lot bigger business that became his full-time deal. Okay. So, so, yeah, that's kind of a, a, where that started. After I, went to, <clears throat> I went to college, University of Iowa, got my business degree. Um, at the time, he was just kind of starting to get into construction. Uh, and to be honest, I had no intention of ever getting into construction. You know, my view of it was, oh, it's seasonal. You know, there's ups and downs. It's cold in Iowa in the winter. You can't do stuff. All right. um, got my business degree, moved to California right after I graduated from college, My wife, now fiancee at the time, lived out there. Okay. So so I was going to go conquer corporate America, you know, get get into human resources, HR, something, you know, in the business realm. And uh, when I was out there, I went to work for a friend of ours who was a general contractor until I found another job. Right. And he, we, we got along really well. He brought me in the office and had me working on stuff and. Just kept saying, oh, man, you got to—nobody works like you Iowa kids, you know. (laughs) You you need to come work for me. We can do a lot. And I'm like, well—and I told him some of those same kind of things, why I didn't think construction. He's like, you know, construction's the biggest industry in the world. Anywhere you go, you you can—you know, there's going to be—they need construction. So that kind of resonated with me a little bit. And uh, so I finally said, well, this is what I think I need to make, and you got it. (laughs) So— so I ended up going to work with him for uh, almost three years out there. Okay. And at the time, my dad's construction side of his business was growing bigger and bigger, the place where it was like full-time for him. And he'd, um, he'd, we had talked and he kind of always planned on coming back to right. Iowa when we were ready to raise a family. Um, but he had grown his business to a place he needed some help okay. and uh, invited me. So they loved to have me come work with him. Or if but you know, no pressure if you're not ready, but he's gonna have to hire somebody, so heart may not be a job there, right? When we wanted right. to. So, 1997, we ended up moving back and going to business okay. with him. So,
0: and then a little bit about your own family you're married, yep. Yeah, I've been married
1: uh, next week, week after next, It'll be 25 years. Congratulations! So, yeah, that's exciting. We have three kids. Uh, my oldest is a junior at the University of Iowa. He's going into business. Not super sure yet yep. uh, what he's going to do. Um, my daughter is a freshman at Kirkwood in the agricultural program. Plans to go to Iowa State. Okay. to Get her ag science degree. And then my youngest son Elijah is—he's uh, in sixth grade this year, and he was a little bit of a surprise. It was a good surprise, but yeah. um, it's kind of kind of funny ever since teachers, you know, they always ask you what you want to be when you grow up. Well. He is the one of the three that ever since then said he's going to take over Statler Construction. So, well, kind of puts the pressure on me to keep things rolling right. and uh but so far that that story has stayed the same. Can so. also be exciting to yeah. have somebody want to follow your lead. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A little bit about uh well, one I had the privilege of learning to know who your George or your mm-hmm. dad was and mm-hmm. uh just always in my mind he was somebody no matter where you met him, you just took him as a person who, one, he was friendly, but he also always had character. So it was yeah. just that was kind of my mindset. If you dealt with George, you were going to get yeah. a fair deal. Yeah. But um, And I enjoyed meeting him. He was just, uh, just a very genuine person. Mm-hmm. When his accident happened, do you want to share a little bit about that maybe and kind of what
1: challenges you faced in the business through that? Yeah, well, and maybe to back up a little bit more, I guess about the story with that when we went into business together, um, he, uh, when I joined him, he would, he was primarily building homes. We were doing a lot of post frame construction at the time too. But he would, uh, like, he'd sell a house, and his contract was a handwritten duplicate copy. You know, mm-hmm. one if it was a complex or a big house, maybe two sheets. <laughs> <laughs> you know, with a price. I mean, about as close to a handshake as you could get. And I'm like, Dad, you know, we got to give a little more details and explain what is and isn't included and stuff. He's like, hey, if you want to tackle that, go right ahead, which (laughs) that was uh, one of the really nice things about the guy I was working for in California. He showed me how to write a proposal, a scope of work, and do that side of things. And so just kind of eventually I worked into taking over the office side of things. Okay. And Dad hated the office. He wanted to be out on the job meeting people. Right you know, he was, uh, he put 50,000 miles a year on his truck, just like that. And just cause he was always out there. And like you said, he didn't have any enemies. I mean, everybody, everybody loved him, you know, and, uh, he was great to work with. So we, our partnership was, was great. You know, I'm so thankful for the time that we were together about 11 years before he had his accident and you know that was a daily deal right and so I often reflect back or t- would tell people too that you know that 11 years I got to spend every day with them right so in many ways you know I'm very fortunate for that right because even though I lost him way too young I probably <clears throat> got to spend more time with him than most kids do right. over a lifetime right. so right. definitely molded you know who I am and but also build our business I mean right. he he built a very strong foundation for our business which um <clears throat> the year he passed 2008 was a very tough time yes in the construction it real was. estate kind of field and so it was tough but we were able to make through dad often or used to say you know when he started out he wasn't making a, a fortune and he just said you know the more homes w- the more satisfied customers that we can get out there when times get tough, the referrals and the good word is what's going to keep us in business. Right. There's no in business and there's no doubt in my mind in that couple of years coming out of that, that I was able to reap the rewards of that Yeah. because we, things weren't near as good as they were, but we survived Yeah. and a lot of, a lot of that is because of referrals and right. and business that, that we have. Just the had. quality and the integrity he had built
0: in. Yep. You guys did have a partnership already in mm-hmm. place, and you kind of fulfilled some of the, obviously, the areas that he didn't want to work in. Yep. So going through that transition, you had to kind of shift over and take over probably some of
1: his role as mm-hmm. well
0: during that. I mean, can you talk about that a little?
1: Yeah, it definitely was a stretching time. I mean, in a sense, because... The economy wasn't as good. It was probably a blessing because things weren't quite as crazy as they Mm -hmm. were, you know, a few years before. And so that gave us, made it a little bit easier to work through that transition. Um, My wife, Carrie, also worked in the business and had for three or four years prior to his accident. So that kind of helped too. She does all of our computer book work, QuickBooks and stuff like that. So she was able to take on a little bit more of the stuff mm-hmm. that I did. I was able to do a little bit more of the on the job. So basically, I kind of ran the office, and Dad ran the field. Yeah. Another big benefit that we had: my brother-in-law, Claire, works for us. Uh, he's worked for us for <clears throat> over over twenty years now, too. Okay. And so, you know, at the time, he was kind of the hit list. You right. know, he. He was the one that did a lot of the things need fixed or whatever he was the one that gotta deal with that, and so we we talked to a few other people and you know i I interviewed a few people, but kind of went back to claire and and he um he basically expressed the interest to step up and kind of take over a lot of what Dad did as mm-hmm. far as like the on the job right oversight and i <clears throat> I don't think Dad would would mind me saying, I think in in many aspects, he, Claire does it a little bit better. Two parts, one, because he was hands-on fixing if there's a leak or something, you know, so he he could see the importance of why things have to be flashed and done right the first time, where Dad, like we talked before, he was everybody's friend, you know, and so So. he wasn't, sometimes in construction, you kind of have to be a... Hard-ass part, right. part of my language, but uh, you yeah. just have to say, no, that's not this the way not, right. it's going to be done. I don't care if you just did that, tear it apart, redo it, whatever. Right. Claire has no problems doing that. Yeah, And dad, of course, wasn't going to let stuff slide, but I'd, I'd say there was probably times where he's like, well, you know, he, he took the benefit of the doubt instead of, no, we're going to make darn sure that it's not. So, For sake
0: of relationship, he might yep. let somebody... Yep, yeah, so, so
1: Claire kind of took over that side of things where um, that really helped us keep, yeah. keep things rolling Make that the way. transition. Mm-hmm.
0: Tell us a little bit about your business. I mean, obviously, I know what you do, and mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of locals, but uh, just for sake of the audience, uh, mm-hmm. what is your the heart of your business at this point?
1: So we, we kind of had to fine-tune a little bit where when it was Dad and I, we both did a lot of sales, and we did... You know, a lot of both sides of things. We used to build a lot of post frame, you know, sheds and buildings yep. and shops and stuff like that. So we we tried doing that for a while. I, I had a salesman that I hired and worked out okay, but just really came to f- find out. You know, it's hard to get somebody to really have the care and to do things the way that you want to do them. Right. And you're the one that's responsible for it. Right. And so. Came to find out, we really needed to focus. If it's just going to be me doing all the sales and the marketing and all that kind of stuff, I had to focus. And so, new home construction is by far the majority of what okay. we do. Um, you know, we might do a little, a little addition if you're well, not really even so much that, but like finishing a basement or a small commercial project or something like that. But new home construction is really what we feel that we do well and have chose okay. to focus on and that's what keeps us busy year after right. year so
0: and uh we kind of covered a little bit but uh what drew you back to the family business i mean were there some things outside of the fact that your dad had a business and needed some help i mean it, it's mm-hmm. you talk a little bit about that
1: relationship i I knew I was always going to get into business. Okay. All through school. I mean, I knew business was where I wanted to be. And obviously we got my degree in that. <clears throat> I remember taking the test in high school that tests what you should be, whatever. And it's like, this is stupid. You know, you answer the questions. I knew what I was going to be. I knew it was going to tell me. So So I knew I always wanted to be in business of some sort. Um, <clears throat> so I'd say that's more of my specialty than construction per se course i've learned a lot about construction over the last 20 23 years but the business side of it is more on where where i am and so that opportunity was was attractive of course okay i had got a little bit little experience working i mean we did the guy i worked for in california we did some high-end um stuff like in beverly hills we worked on rodeo oh, wow. drive and prada yeah. store and stuff <laughs> like that so i got some really good experience but a little bit different but um i'd say that the fact that uh, my wife's family lives here in town also, and did at the time, we okay. knew when we were ready to start a family, this is where we wanted to be. Right. Um, I guess it leaving Iowa, um, going to California, gave me a whole new appreciation for Kelowna yes. <laughs> and <laughs> Iowa. You know, blue skies, white clouds. You know, not getting stuck in traffic right. <laughs> has a lot. Gave me a whole new appreciation, which I think if I wouldn't have left, I wouldn't have got that ever. Right. I always would have wondered what's out there. Right, but. Very, very thankful to be here and raise our family here and have our business here. Kind of were able to get away and take your internship, essentially, yep. and go somewhere else.
0: Yep. The Next two questions I have, and I don't really know. I'm going to combine them a little bit. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about the type of construction that you do. And, of course, the question I actually had before that was, what sets you apart from your competition? But I really think maybe if you talk about your construction, you're going to answer mm-hmm. both of them. Mm-hmm. and maybe you can give us some of the advantages of that type of construction
1: sure so <clears throat> our type of construction is a little bit unique but it honestly it boggles me why there's not more of it that happens so the home um homes we build we use panelized construction or it's what it's most commonly known and the the downside is that a lot of people don't know that term it's just not not a common thing but basically i work with a company amwood homes is the company we work with that they do all my design and engineering, so they'll draw our plans. They'll make sure everything's done and drawn right. And then they also will, like, build the interior walls. So the analogy I often give is it's like, you know, when you watch a stick builder is the other term where somebody right. goes out and builds it on site. Uh, it's probably a little more common or a lot more common around here. <clears throat> but when they go to build their roof, they buy their trusses already built. Well, why do they do that? Well, because you can get more uniform um, better quality roof system if it 's built ahead of time like that well we're doing the same thing with our walls, so right. just like they buy all their trusses or so they can take them and set them in place um, <coughs> the engineer <coughs> excuse me the designers take the take a floor plan once it's designed, and they build every wall ahead of time, put a number on it, and uh so we know what order to go with. Load it on a flatbed truck, bring it to the site. I've got the foundation, we got the foundation all done, ready to go. They come the floor system system is also built like in eight foot wide sections. So the first thing they do, take the floor, pick it up, set it in place, so it's the floor joist with the sheeting already on it. Okay. Set it in place. Um, take the next piece, which is designed to overlap. The sheeting is designed to overlap so it fits seamlessly, work their way across. So usually by noon we've got the floor installed on the house take lunch um, come back then we start setting walls so they just take one wall at a time so the exterior walls they have the sheeting on it already a lot of them will have like a window might even be installed the tyvek house wrap is already on it so just take a wall set it in place nail it down brace it off go to the next wall just kind of work their way like a big puzzle or something (laughs) you might say but usually by the end of the first day we've got the floor down and all the walls up at least the exterior, most the interior. Second day, finish setting a few walls, we start setting trusses. So once the walls are up, it's just like a stick-built house. I mean, trusses yeah. come to us just like they do to them. Sure. So second day, we're setting trusses. By the end of that second day, often we have some of the, the trusses are done, some of the sheeting's on. Usually by the end of the third day, we've got that house covered, sheeted, everything. Iowa is very... Uh, Inclement or I yeah, mean the weather, weather is a factor weather changes from day to day, so I'm not going to say we never get rained on, but we usually are able to get it up and closed in, We get the roofer there to get the felt on the roof um by the end of the week. we've got that house covered and right. out of the weather, so it doesn't matter if it rains or whatever, right. and we're just able I feel that gives us a better product, okay, you know the materials can get wet, it's okay, but the the less. What they get, the better they right, are, right. and so that's kind of the big difference between us and the regular stick builder. Or whatever is that, just how quick we're able to do that. So um, you get a very consistent, uniform product yep. typically because it's always built yep. in jigs and in exactly a factory where it's yeah it's it's built you know, in this big warehouse where they got tables like this with you know jigs and yeah. angles and. Um, they have a plant, Amwood Homes has a plant in Madison, Wisconsin, and they have a plant in Toledo, Iowa. Oh, okay. Most of our stuff comes out of Toledo right. a little over an hour away. Yeah, That plant's not as high tech as what the Madison one. The Madison one is every board is cut by a computer run saw. Okay. Toledo's not quite that tech. They get a cut list and there's one guy that just stands and he cuts every header, cripple, right. odd size board, whatever, marks it, puts it on a cart sends it down to some other guys that build it so it's just right. still a lot more efficient. Right. Materials are stored inside so they're not outside subject to heat, rain, humidity, right. whatever, so usually come in a lot better shape. And the turnaround time on your home is probably somewhat quicker it overall. Can, it can be, but realistically, you know, where I'd say an average framing crew might frame that house that we're doing in 3 days in two to three weeks so that part isn't a huge deal but for us we tend to work in a lot of rural iowa and so it's a lot harder when i get out to harper iowa where we're doing a house or south english or down by agency i mean you're out in the middle of nowhere right so just logistically it's still a challenge logistically finding you know and getting Construction crews that will go to these areas and build for me is tougher. Where when we do it this way, um, we've got a good crew that's been doing it for probably eight to ten years. It's an Amish crew out of the Bloomfield Drakesville area. Yes. They come in and those guys work. I mean, they get that house up and enclosed in, and uh, so then we can do the rest. But speed wise, yes. So we can save a little bit of time there, but we're still subject to you know a lot of these small towns we're working with a plumber that might have three guys or a right, heating right. guy or an electrician that it's him and a helper so it can go a lot faster but sometimes it doesn't so you
0: do work with some of the local s-
1: yeah. subs
0: or the local contractors as yeah. well when you're in different communities
1: yeah especially the uh, the service items mm-hmm. so heating plumbing electrical um, Things that a customer may have a service call for or, you know, hey, this faucet's dripping or my furnace isn't working. I want to find people as close as possible. Concrete isn't something you have a callback right. on. or So, like, my concrete guys, my drywall guys, my painters, my trim carpenters, they pretty much will go anywhere that we go, right. which is like a 45-mile radius right. of here, something like that. But we definitely... <clears throat> and definitely work on the service related things to find them just as close as possible, okay, sadly there's a those people are disappearing <laughs> I they mean, are we, we need we need tradespeople to to do those. in those our line sort of work. Things. we
0: see that the rural communities just struggle to support mm-hmm. a plumber or an electrician anymore yeah. so yeah, yeah. but uh, so what made of it what motivates you to expand and grow or what keeps you from doing it? <laughs>
1: You know that's something we've we've looked at. We've tried different things. We've we've struggled with over the years. Where, you know, I feel like talked about. It, we have a good foundation. I I feel like th- in some ways we could do more, but time it seems like whenever I've stepped outside of what we really do, it's just you run into things or stuff happens right. where. You know, it's like, oh, I should put a division in this area down by, you know, a town where there's not another panelizer, or builder, right. or something like that. There's an opportunity there, but it it kind of comes down to can I find somebody that does things the way that I want to do it? Cause, right. You know, and Claire keeping an eye on things and doing things the right way. Um, it's it's a challenge to to do that. So yeah, we could go expand. Will I go expand? That means I'm going to have to hire another foreman in that area helpers for them i'm going to need more vehicles over there so it's like but if i lose control over doing things the way we want to do it then it's all for naught. so
0: you say the way we want to do it i think what i translate that is you want to keep a good eye on the quality, absolutely, and that's kind of where I think what I see you yeah, talk about. Absolutely, I mean, you don't want to lose that fat, that portion of
1: it. Small town Iowa—if you don't do things right, it's going to travel yeah. in a hurry. Yeah. And you run—I mean, my wife hates going out to eat, or I mean, she doesn't go out <laughs> to eat. But whenever you go anywhere, you run into somebody, right? You know? And right. that's great. I love creating those relationships, but that's the reason I don't want to do anything that I wouldn't do for myself. Right. Because right. I don't want to meet them in High V or JWs and have shoot, turn and go the and other go way, pretend direction. I didn't see him or something. Right. You know, plus, you know, dad built the business that way. I'm trying to, if my sons or sons want to get into it, I, I want to create that to where it's strong that they could yes. continue on.
0: Maintain too. that environment. Yeah.
1: Referral is a yeah. huge, huge side of things. How does
0: competition influence you? And in your case, it might be a bit unique because you're kind of a little different than most of them.
1: (laughs) In a lot of cases, yes, which means something to some people, other people, it's all about the bottom dollar. right? Um, So competition is healthy. I mean, for one, it, it keeps you from just being lax and sitting there being satisfied with doing things the way you've always done it and And feeling that that's good enough. I mean, it always keeps you on your toes so that you can, you keep, make sure you're always moving forward. You're looking for better ways to do things. You're advancing your, um, I want to stay on top of things for my customers as best as possible. Where competition is, helps to do that. if you don't, if you don't keep improving, somebody else is going to come in and take your spot. So, right visions for the future you mentioned your boys so mm-hmm. that's a possibility if they choose to yeah you know it's um i can't imagine ever retiring <laughs> i mean just <laughs> i'm not a, a sit at home right. kind of thing right. you know so i'm i'm in it for the long haul you know whether that's for myself and the boys abigail if she ever chose to or right. or whatever it may be right um but it's it's constant I want to build it the right way, keep right. it going, keep it going strong and keep doing what we're doing. I don't want to put blinders on and pretend like there's nothing else I should ever do. I, I have to, if there's new, better ways of doing things or other opportunities that I feel we can expand into, I want to be open to it. But, okay. But because of a couple of things we've done, I want to do it smartly. Right. So not just jump into something because it looks like it's the next big thing or whatever. Yeah. Right. So make sure that it fits into what we do with, which, you know, like a big part of our kind of the little motto that I created with our business is taking the headaches out of construction. I'd say that's a big focus for what we do is construction is not a perfect stuff happens, you know, it's not going to go right shortages, broken things, whatever, but I want to make it as easy for customers as, as possible. Right. And so that is always our number one goal. Um, I want to be straight and honest with them. You know, going back to the competition thing, I've lost many home sales where I've worked with somebody and they came and back to me or called me and said, Hey, we're going to go with, you know, Joe's stick builder, whatever. And he said he could do it for the same. And unfortunately they may have a perception that that building it like that is a better way of doing, which I strongly disagree with, but whatever. Um, but it, it's funny how many times that's happened and i've heard whether it's from a it's not usually from them usually from a friend saying oh man this smiths sure wish they would have went with you. they took way longer they had way you know way more overruns which that's a that's a bad unfortunately that's a common thing in in our industry is cost overruns and some of it's some of it's not avoidable but i work hard to give people a as complete of a price as possible. And we don't have near the changes and overruns that I hear about. Having
0: worked in the type of business that I do, I run into a lot of people who build houses and or just buildings and property. Mm-hmm. And there's, you know, an element of people that don't give me too many choices because they, they just don't picture the finished product. They, mm-hmm. you know, narrow it down. Mm-hmm. Others want all the choices and that's the fun for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, how do you guys, when you guys go to, to do like all the build out in, interior, is it mm-hmm. kind of an open book? Do you kind of have paths you can take them down on grades and levels that they can
1: choose? Yeah, it's a good question. And I see both sides of it. And there's some people it's like, just give me three choices. And when I started this out, started working in this business, it was, okay, do you want light, medium, or dark oak? And, you know, that pretty much was it. Well, now I've got 10 shades or 15 shades of oak, maple, cherry, hickory, painted. I mean, it's just unlimited. So, um I have our office set up to where I have a lot of selections there. I'd say half the people we build for roughly are able to make all their choices at our office. Oh, you know, they're not looking yeah, that between that and a model home. I try to have a right. model home up, which also helps to show different things. And a lot of people don't care necessarily. They don't want to look at, 20 different faucets they want a good quality faucet right. that'll work right and so I put I pick not at the cheapest not the most expensive I put in my model home and for a lot of people that's just that's, fine yeah they saw it they liked it it was fine yeah if people don't we take the plan we set up an appointment with H2O Studio they go in and they we send the plans and the specs they go sit down with a gal and they can pick out from thousands Whatever of choices yeah um Same with flooring, trim, cabinets, carpet, carpet, you know, just a lot of different things where, you know, one thing that I find, you know, like I went, I often work with um, some of the local flooring companies, Marshalls, if we're kind of in that south area. Um, So I said, hey, give me three or four of your, you know, best carpets or good options for carpets. And so I'll have those there. Okay. Different, uh, same with... um, Vinyl plank, we do a lot of. And so one thing, people are often able to keep on budget a whole lot easier if they pick out from those. When you go into a flooring store or a tile store, I mean, there's so many choices. And what are they showing you? They're showing you the newest, softest, plushest, cushiest. Right. Well, of course you want that. Yeah. (laughs) But it's a lot more expensive than just a good quality, but not quite as soft and plush or something like that. So. able to keep on budget a lot but we have the ability for both you know and like i said it's probably close to 50 50.
0: where we see it a lot is just where people come in and they do like a builder's risk policy for this new property and all of a sudden they're budgeting 250 350 and they're past it and they still got Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of uh expense to put into the house to finish it up so yeah uh, i think uh i think that's one thing i've always heard about statler construction too is you guys do stay on budget and Mm -hmm. on task a lot with a lot of that Uh, Mm -hmm. and you communicate i think well is Mm -hmm. one thing i hear Mm -hmm. Uh, i think the surprise with some builders at times are the client doesn't understand that every time we make a change mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it changes the dollar amount that right. we're working with and so
1: that's kind of you know, it can kind of be where they get in trouble sometimes it is and i work really hard to alleviate that by taking time up front and really talk through it and stuff because changes yes if you do them in the middle they're often going to be harder more expensive if at all possible right. so i i told people many times I'd rather spend a little, little extra time up front right. you know when we get plans back I talk through them I talk through the way a door swings or where it is or how are you are going to arrange your furniture have you thought about this have you thought about that and so often we can work through a lot of that stuff through yeah. so we alleviate a lot of that
0: and I know you build a few houses for yourself which has mm-hmm. probably been helpful for you to see how you know, the different mm-hmm. uh, designs function for yeah. somebody else as well I didn't put this down, but I'm just curious and I should have maybe asked you. It'll give you a little warning on this. Do you have any idea about how many homes a year you build?
1: On average, 8 to 12 okay. a year. Where uh, when dad was with me, there was times we did 20 to 24 a okay. year. Okay. But they they weren't quite as complicated. You know, a little simpler designs right. at that time too. So. And any idea how many you've built in the history of the company something i really should know (laughs) Uh, i know at one time when dad was with me we counted it was 400 so um we've got to be up in that 500 500 plus range counting when he built his first house in 1990 for himself yeah and so it kind of went from there so one thing i find
0: unique in you saying that because I also know some of the relationships you have with some of your subcontractors, and I know some of those dated all the way back to the very mm-hmm. beginning or very close to that time. Yeah. So it's just interesting that you've always maintained those relationships. And
1: Yeah, which it's, you know, there's many contractors out there, and there's always somebody that will do things cheaper, but cheaper is not always the better way no. of going. You know, where how I really um, – judge contractors is how they take care of things if there's an issue. Yes. You know? There's gonna be issues. So yes. if they're gonna say, you know, forget it, that's not my fault, it's yours, we're probably not gonna to work together for, right. for very long. Right. If they work with me and say, Hey, this is what we gotta to do to make it right or, or whatever, right. then hey, we're all human, we're all gonna yes. make mistakes. We all have employees that stuff happens. Right. So how are we gonna take care of it? It's a really important piece.
0: To wrap this up, do you have any closing statements, sales pitch, and elevator speech you want to
1: put out there? <laughs> I think we covered it pretty okay. well. I mean, I'm I'm very thankful for the community of the area that we, yeah. we build. I've, I'm thankful we've got a really good team, you know, besides Claire working for me for 20 years plus. I mean, he's a vital part of – he has way more construction knowledge than I do, and he's a vital part of making stuff happen on the jobs right but i've got three other guys uh two of them that have been with me one for almost 20 years one for um scott's been with me for probably almost 20 years damon's worked for me several years left and came back he's been yeah. with me you know six seven eight years something like that um another guy we hired here last year is a lot of construction experience but he uh, we've got a really good team you yes know, it takes a team to make stuff happen right. I can't do it all myself no. you know I gotta have guys that care about stuff as much as I do and not only my employees and Carrie of course who keeps me straight on all our books and yeah. and uh, billings and stuff but subcontractors were very fortunate to work in this area where we mm-hmm. got a really good crew I mean over and over I hear from customers just how nice everybody was and yes. how much they appreciate you know we're you know, construction can be kind of a rough crowd, but it doesn't have to be and we're, right. we're not gonna we're not gonna put up with right. the the stuff that we don't want in our own homes. Right. You know, right. and that's really what our goal and I know Claire does it almost to a fault where if if he wouldn't do it for himself, he's not gonna let it happen to you and right. he worries about it if it's not. Yeah you know, it's like you know, man, you did all you you can do. We just gotta, we just gotta. What do we gotta do to right. to learn, to improve, to not let it happen again, fix it, whatever it may be. But okay. he uh, he really, and the guys, they really care about doing it right. And right. it's not about how fast and cheap and easy we can do it. If if there's ever a thing where this is what it's going to take to really make it right, it's what we're going to do. So, okay. Yeah. You care if I just look in the camera and wrap it up? Yeah. Sure. Okay. As we wrap up
0: this podcast with Jeremy from Statler Construction, I'm grateful as a friend that we had this opportunity and then also as a client with Statler Construction. I encourage everybody to go out to Statler Construction's website, look at the products that they have, and ask for some reviews. If you're looking at building a home, they've got a quality product. They do a great job in the community. They give back to the local community they live in. And it has been my pleasure to spend this time with Jeremy and learn more about his business and hear a little bit about his dad and the past in which he grew up and uh, moved into the business and has taken it on. Thank you.